How many swizzle sticks do you have? How many swizzle sticks do you have? How many, how many, how many, how many swizzle sticks do you have? Okay, everybody, this is Andrew once again. Welcome to the Super House Podcast. And this week we have once again our senior Batman correspondent, Sir Ben Juan. I feel like I'm your co-host at this point. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> not, pretty not the much, correspondent anymore. Is, yeah, I know. You're, you're upgrading. You're just a fucking co-host at this point, yes. Yeah. The, only, the only other person that's with me lately, <laughs> other than the fucking guests. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's true. I'm sorry about that. The fucking co-host. No, 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 no. I, this was fine. Yeah. Co-host and correspondent. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. But Batman. What, what can we call it? A senior Batman co-host. I don't know. Right here on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, this week we thought we'd go in order, which is not Batman Forever. Oh, no, after Batman Returns in 1993, Christmas. Uh, Warner Brothers almost at the last minute decided to change a Batman movie that was going direct to video in, and release it to theaters instead. And that was Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the first animated Batman movie. Which was really crazy at the time, especially because like, we both watched this show on TV, yep. like a lot of people our age did. And then you would see posters for this movie in the theater, and it was like... Wow, this has never happened before. Right, yeah. Not not from like a there wasn't like a Tiny Toons movie in the theater. You know, like this was kind of new for us at our age at that time. So also kinda of ironic that Batman Returns was released in the summer and yet was set in Christmas. And yet now this one was the Christmas Batman movie. Right, right. <laughs> like, right Timing wise right. they could have but this was a box office bomb. Yeah. Because yeah. like nobody really knew much about it. It didn't last too long in theaters. I was fortunate as a kid to be one of the few who actually caught a screening of this movie uh, in the theater with my parents. I, I didn't remember much of the story going in. I remember being confused about how people could possibly confuse the phantasm for Batman. Cause they just look completely different to me. Um, I didn't remember any of the flashback stuff, but I do remember specifically this Joker scared me way more than any of my VHS viewings of Jack Nicholson, just the way that he killed people the the death of Velestro with the smile and the uh, the way that he confronts Arthur Reeves in the office and everything like that I was just so freaked out as a kid I had to cover my eyes when I had to see Velestro's dead body and I don't remember feeling <laughs> that way when I was watching him on the cartoon on Saturday morning I was like why is this so much scarier on the big screen than it is you know when it was when I was able to watch it on TV and it's because they amped up the violence and they amped up the scary factor and the adult stuff on it and it wasn't until I rented it like years later. Because people kept saying, like, this is the best Batman movie. This is the best right. Batman animated movie. And I'm like, well, I saw it as a kid. I don't remember much other than just being scared. So let's, let me check it out. And then when I saw it again, I was like, holy shit. Everyone was like, this lives up to the hype. And ever since then, uh, it's it's probably been my absolute favorite in both live action and animation. Just from the, the story is so simple. It's a detective story. It's got a raw emotional uh, through line at the core, though, that I don't think has ever been replaced or has ever been um, improved upon, in my opinion. So that's my memories of Mask of the Phantasm. Andrew has a very different story, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, I have a confession to make to the audience, and I already did it to Ben, but 
I had never seen this movie until today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> ben was All like, the times I brought this up on the podcast. I didn't realize I was spoiling shit. I was trying, not, I was trying to be a poser, I guess. But <laughs> I didn't want to lie any longer. I couldn't let the lie go. So basically, um, I remember seeing the posters <laughs> but not, and loving the TV show. But I was part of the reason that the movie was a bomb. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not like... You were still young at the time. It's not like you had the means to just go to the movies whenever you want. I could have asked right? my Maybe. parents to take me, but I, I guess, guess I yeah. just didn't do it. I don't know why. I don't know why it was. And I love the show. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're putting the putting the Blu-ray. I have it on Blu-ray. Which, I'm like, you have it on Blu-ray. And I ha- I've had it for like a year on now. Blu-ray. And I hadn't put it, put, put it in. <laughs> I don't know why it is. But anyway, he was like, when's the last time you saw this movie? And I was like, oh, I've never seen it before. <laughs> Ben's eyes got as big as fucking watermelons. <laughs> in the meantime, like the soonest I've seen this movie was like earlier this week. Probably. Yeah, so yeah. like <laughs> this big contrast. I'm like, well, you're in yeah. for a fucking treat. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the 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 twist had been spoiled for me from being online and also look just seeing fucking cosplay anytime you see a cosplay of phantasm it's yeah. always a woman mm. so i th- basically yes internet just ruined the that for me but yeah. whatever it it's not like you know we're well past the fucking um <laughs> what do you call it the uh the limits on spoiling or whatever, but this movie's nearly thirty years old. Yeah, nearly. Oh, God, don't remind me, man. Twenty twenty three, thirty. Yeah, twenty twenty three. So we yeah. got a ways, but still, it's close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, um, and also I w- I did read or I watched the Siskel and Ebert review of oh, this movie, yeah, yeah. and that kind of like set the stage as to what this movie is about. So I kind of knew a bunch about this movie going in. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of like everybody says this is you know this is the best one this is the best one i personally think it is now that you've seen it how yeah. do you feel about it now that you you finally got to watch this oh man i we just watched it we just finished watching it like 10 minutes ago or less so i'm mm-hmm. still kind of unpacking it but i can see why people say it's the best one because this movie is about Batman. Oh my god, a Batman movie about Batman. <laughs> like five minutes in, I was like, Kevin Conroy's had more lines in the first 10 minutes than Michael Keaton ever did in the first 30 minutes of the Tim Burton movies. Right. And more right, character right. development already. Right. And it's this whole idea of like, what does it take? What does the sacrifice take? Mm-hmm. And you know, what 
like they say near the end too, it, we've heard it a million times, but still like look into the abyss, make sure that the abyss doesn't change you, doesn't look back to yeah. you, I guess, but you know, don't become your worst enemy. And that's what the Joker's always trying to do, right? You're going to mm -hmm. be like me. I know I can break you things like that. So to see the difference between, uh, Batman not being broken and her being broken kind of earlier on. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just a, a lot of that like character arc type shit in it that impressive for like one hour and 16 minutes. Impressive. <laughs> it's a kid's movie. It's, I mean, it's, you call it a kid's movie, but it's way more mature than, even Oh yeah. The burden films really, um, man, as far as like being best ever though, I have to unpack it more. It's definitely up there right. though. It's definitely up there. Uh, there's so many emotional beats and so many iconic moments to this, you know, when he's at that grave site in the flashback and he tells his parents, I'm like, I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't count on being happy. Like that's dude, it's heartbreaking. You he actually hearing lines from Bruce Wayne mm -hmm. where he's just really struggling with who he is. Mm -hmm. What does it take to be you right to yeah. do what you want to do with your life? What sacrifices are you going to make? I mean, that's what this is all about. What he does for Gotham, what he does for the, what he has to do for for the to make his vows true, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, not not even Nolan really got got really into that stuff a whole lot, right? Yeah, not you not know? to this level or to to such a memorable extent, yeah, as yeah. that, you know, the it's heartbreaking to watch the moments where he's like, it, it's just you want them to get together, but you know it's not going to work. Right, you know that right. how he turns out. You know that he's proposing to her, and the bats come out. You, you, but you want him like to not be Batman in a way. You want him to actually give that up and be with her. Even as, even as every time I watch this movie, I don't want her to turn out to be the Phantasm. Right, I right. wanted to just be like, okay, it is. The, I mean, I I secretly hope each time like the movie changes and it is the dad, and they put him away, and she goes off and lives happily ever after with him in Wayne Manor. But that's not how it turns out. Right, right. I. Uh, and of course, there's that scene where he dons the costume for the first time, almost as if it's a. I described this to a friend recently. It's almost as if it's portrayed in such a way where it seems like a sane and rational response to his heartbreak, where he's like, right. I, "I thought I could have this type of life. I can't have it anymore. So this is all I have left." Right. In a way, uh, and it's it's the tragedy of Batman in a scene that really doesn't have any dialogue other than Alfred's reaction to it. Right. But it's it's so like again, this is one of those things where it's it has not been matched. In fact. With all these Disney live action remakes going around, it's almost like it'd be too precious for us to try to do a live action remake. But I'd be curious to see how that would turn out. That would be incredible. Yeah, and I've with talked, the right people though. I've yeah. talked with you for some reason, even though I had never seen the movie, mm -hmm. I knew that this was like a thinking man's Batman, <laughs> right? And I feel like Reeves, for some reason, I I, I don't know why I get this vibe, but I mm -hmm. feel like it's gonna be. Very not close, maybe close in tone and close to being a bat more Matt, Batman centric and detective centric, right? Than the the other ones that we've seen. So sort of jumping into some things, so like a lot of things that we've said. So many people have already talked about, you know, in terms of like, oh, this is the best one, such emotional core, love story, things like that. Uh, oh, by the way, before we jump into the scripts, is what we're doing right now. Well, I was some trivia stuff and the scripts, oh, but yeah, 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 that sounds good. I wanted to ask. So this is the first time they invented Phantasm for this movie. They did. It was a. It's said to be inspired by a storyline called Year Two. Okay. Uh, and in Year Two, it's a story where uh, a man named Judson Caspian uh, comes back to Gotham City, and he was the previous guardian of Gotham. 
Okay. And he was a vigilante named the Reaper. And so okay. he has a skull mask, uh, the long cloak, these scythes on his hands and everything. Badass. And, and everything. And the difference is that he's the guardian of Gotham who kills. And he sort of questions whether or not Batman is up to the task. And um, they this have is like a similar thing to Superman in, in the Elite. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, but I don't know. It might have been around the same time. I, I had to look up the the um, the dates on it. But uh, he has a daughter named Rachel, uh, which unrelated to Rachel Dawes. But when when it was first said in Batman Begins that there was going to be a love interest named Rachel, everyone thought, wait, are they doing here too? Right. Because right, of the right. Rachel thing. But th- this Rachel doesn't really have much in common. Uh, her name is Rachel Caspian, and Bruce falls in love with her, even proposes marriage to her, okay. uh, and things like that. She does not end up in the Reaper costume. It is her dad, and when her dad has a confrontation with Batman, and ends up sort of... It, it, it's it's a case where it's like an almost accidental death. Batman's not responsible for his death, but the Reaper is ready to die in that moment, and be like, okay, you are the protector of Gotham. You are a worthy successor, and then he falls to his death, and he dies. Okay. And uh, Rachel finds out about this, and finds out what a monster her father was, and decides to call off the engagement with Bruce and atone for her father's sins and do what she originally was planning to do, which was take her vows and become a nun with the uh, convent. So okay. that's how year two ends. And it's said to be the inspiration for the phantasm and the Andrea Beaumont story. But I have yet to hear like confirmation from the actual writers saying, yes, we read the story. Yes, this was a big influence. It seems it, so it either was an influence or was coincidental. But the phantasm herself was definitely a creation for this movie and it's weirdly never made its way into the comics that much at all Yeah, right they right? never reuse this it's almost like the character is it's 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 like hands off like holy ground kind of thing? yeah it's like too precious to do outside of the animated universe type of thing right uh because it, it's such a popular movie among batman fans but not necessarily among the general public because not a lot of people have seen it outside of it so how would, would you think, feel about if being a huge fan if they use Phantasm again? Uh, it would have to be, I'd, it would have to say true to what was part of it. Like I'd, I'd be down for it. I'd just have to see like what what is their take? Is this going to be a remake? Is this a, a continuation of it? Uh, this kind of segues into what I got because uh, this was not this is not the only story that features the Phantasm. Oh, shit. In the animated continuity. I didn't know that. Um, if you've seen Justice League Unlimited, there's the episode, I think it's called Epilogue, where it's set in the Batman Beyond continuity, it, which reveals the truth about Terry McGinnis. Have you seen that episode? No. Okay. Um, basically, Terry McGinnis is... I'm not going to give away too much, but uh, Amanda Waller had her eye on uh, Terry McGinnis back when he okay. was a kid. And wanted to sort of be transform a new Batman, okay. so she hired the Phantasm to try to kill uh, the McGinnis family. So Phantasm is around even in Batman Beyond continuity. In, in Batman Beyond, well, yeah, because it's supposed to be continuation, and so it was older Andrea Beaumont who was supposed to do it, and she turned on a Waller and refused to do it because she didn't want it. She knew the pain that that would cause. Okay, because she had seen that in Bruce Wayne, she didn't want to do that to anyone else, so she stepped out and and refused that. So that's the only mm-hmm. other. Uh, animated continuity that was like at least in the TV shows and stuff. However, there are comics that tie into the animated universe as well. Okay, that you can take or leave or in the continuity or whatever. Uh, one of them is a comic I've been trying to hunt down recently called Shadow of the Phantasm. Okay, and supposedly reveals how Andrea survived at the end of the first movie. 
because it's just like, well, hold on, she's hell bent on killing Joker, but you can't really kill the Joker, but she's not dead either. So, like, how did this turn out? Um, and supposedly it reveals that they fought, but like, you know, all those explosions were happening and they ended up separating and everything. And I guess Andrea just decided to to take her leave and, and take some time away. So I'd have to read that comic to find out what else is going on. But she had another appearance later on in a very interesting sort of three issue arc where uh, a lot of the sort of rogues gallery were forming into the false face society. Okay. Black Mask was forming the False Face Society, and Phantasm was sort of signing up to become a part of it for okay. some reason. And Bruce had re- Bruce reunites with Andrea, but sort of resents her for being a murderer and everything, and sort of doesn't want anything to do with her. But he does go undercover as Matches Malone into the organization. Okay. And so he, and with some of Phantasm's help, kind of takes down Black Mask. But we find out that Black Mask was working for somebody else. And that somebody else is who Phantasm is really after. And it, the reveal at the end is that that somebody else calls himself the Red Hood. Okay. Now, this is unrelated to the Joker because Joker already exists. And it's unrelated to Jason Todd because Jason Todd's not in this continuity. So the mystery was going to be who was the Red Hood. And then they canceled the comic. And so that was never revealed in it's the comic. It's probably going to be Beaumont. It was not going to be revealed to be Carl Beaumont. It was going to be revealed to be Victoria Beaumont. Okay. Her mom. <laughs> Oh, wow. The writer, Dan Slott, said um, Victoria was going to be, had been involved with the Valestra mob. That's how Carl got involved in the first place. And so she disappeared uh, to, like, fake her own death in order to protect them. But, of course, they caught up with Carl and Andrea anyway. Uh, Quote, however, when she saw what happened to her husband and what eventually became of her daughter, she felt it was time to not only get revenge on the Valestra mob, but take Gotham for herself. Inevitably, this would have led to a devastating confrontation between her, Batman, and Andrea Beaumont. Okay. So that would have been an interesting confrontation. Who was writing this? Uh, comic writer named Dan Slott. He's done a lot oh, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Uh, why was that canceled? I guess sales or whatever, but sales like it wasn't popular. Yeah, like it wasn't that popular of a of a thing. I think people got their fill of the animated series and just figured the comics were redundant of that. And I don't think they really knew what, what the storylines were going. Because I'm just like, dude, the Phantasm's back. He's fighting like right an animated series version of Black Mask. Like, there's so many different cool shit going on right. in there. There's, like, a side story that they got where <laughs> uh, Bruce Wayne talks how much it's hard for him to be Matches Malone. And you think, like, oh, because he has to be undercover? No. Because he has to pretend to be criminal? No. Because of the mustache. Because whenever he puts on the mustache and he looks in the mirror, he thinks he sees his father. Okay. So I was like, damn. I never thought about that. But, like, it's true. So that's it's a very... It's very well done. It's all the comics that I just described are on DC Universe. Uh, so I definitely ch- would check those out. Shadow of the Phantasm, unfortunately, is not on DC Universe. So I, uh, I'd, I'll i have to find a different way to track that down. And maybe at some point we'll talk about that later on the podcast. Uh, but I, I wasn't able to find a copy of that.
but that's that's sort of the continuation of the Phantasm story in still kind of locked into the animated series type of continuity, of course. Okay. Uh, let's see, other things, let's see, other trivia type stuff to bring up. I pointed this out to Andrew in the end credits, but playing the synthesizer for this movie was Hans Zimmer in his first Batman project. Holy shit, right? <laughs> so whenever you hear the synthesizer in this movie, which could be, which might be the times where you hear the piano when Joker shows up yeah. and everything, that might be literally the fingers of Hans Zimmer hitting the keys mm-hmm. uh, in the background for Tr- Shirley Walker. So I'm like, holy shit, okay. This is way before Nolan and Snyder and everything like that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see, Arthur Reeves is an actual comic book character from the 1970s. He was a councilman who was sort of anti-Batman. There was no tie into the mob or anything like that, or or the, specifically the mob before Bruce became Batman or the Joker or anything. But he he is kind of a real... He's the only uh, comic book character outside of the staple comic book characters in this movie. Uh, Andrea is made up. All the mobster guys are all made for this movie. Well, Valestra is made up. Valestra right? made up, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Other trivia: Andrea's never actually called the Phantasm in the whole movie. Oh yeah. We just we just call her that because that's the name of the movie. Uh, but technically, she's never called that. She's just the. We just see her, and it's always she's always they think that they she's think Batman, Batman the whole yeah. time, but she's never actually called by name. Never really explained how she manages to do the tricks, but you can always assume that like the gas just covers everything, and she's just really quick. Um. The only plot hole I find in this movie is just like in Batman Returns, Batman's name is never cleared. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm like, damn it. Right. They could only explain that part. I don't know if like Gordon puts in a good word or something like that, or there's some security cameras that are somehow working in the fair that reveal it, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, other, on a more sort of human or personal level, the there's some of, some of the fact that the emotional beats of this come from some real pain that was going on. If you've read uh, Dark Knight, a true story by Paul Dini, he talks about when he was mugged. Mm-hmm. He talks about when he was uh, a victim of a violent crime. And apparently uh, that's partially why in this movie, Bruce gets beaten by those thugs in the, so all that happened be- like before this movie was made. Yeah. Okay. Dini almost dropped out of the whole project and out of Batman entirely because of that incident. Holy shit. It's just it made him question his life and everything. And also just like you're my favorite hero, but like you don't exist and you weren't around to save me type of thing. So he was dealing with a lot of demons in it. And I think it transfers over to here. A as bit. far as in what scenes you think? Um. Well, I mean, in terms of the first off, the beating at the hands of the thugs. And that so that's oh, right. that's definitely right out of the his own thing. I don't know if he personally wrote it, but I think he, there is a scene in the comic that he wrote the in terms of his memoir of it, where he's talking to the rest of the writing crew on this because he, he wasn't the only writer on it. Uh, he uh, you could see that maybe some of the stuff that is a little bit more cynical in terms of the fact that every flashback gets progressively worse and worse right. um, emotionally for these people. Uh, or the fact of Bruce constantly sort of questioning himself in the flashbacks about like, you know, what's the point of this? Why am I still doing this? That type of thing. You know, the whole, the the, the big turnaround where he asks Andrea, he's like, how much, you know, what would vengeance solve? And she's like, if anyone knows the answer to that, it's you. That type of stuff. Right, right, Any right. sort of the existential type elements of, of Batman, I think, are going to be 
uh, related to him. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one who wrote the whole I wanted to be happy yeah. scene either. Right. So it's not quite clear to me who wrote specific scenes. Supposedly, Michael Reeves wrote the uh, the finale and Martin Pasco wrote a lot of the flashback scenes and then Alan Burnett and Deanie were the other ones. But uh, I've never really read a clear breakdown of like who belonged to who. I think they all collaborated too, so it's probably tough for them to re- even remember. Because remember, this is a long time ago. Right. I did, however, read an original draft of this called Masks. Okay. That was going to be the original title of this, which is called Masks. Um, so a few tidbits of it. It's mostly the same stuff. Uh, the pre-Joker gangster is referred to as the Tall Man okay. for most of this. Um, <laughs> this was good. This is something I was glad to cut. They originally were just going to have Bruce scream no when Andrea sends in the letter about not calling off the engagement. Oh I was like, thank God. God they didn't do that. <laughs> uh, there was going to be a much more elaborate sequence of Bruce figuring out that the tall man was the Joker. Because in the movie, he just does the whole colored pencil thing over him and sees the smile. In the script, he actually puts the photo through the bat computer and the computer identifies him as Jack Napier. So they actually okay. were going to use, just like they do in the cartoon, they were going to use the name from the Burton movie. Okay. And you were going to see a flashback of Napier fighting Batman in Ace Chemicals and then falling into the chemicals and then just brief flashes of everything that he's become. So you would see stuff like the Joker cards and Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and stuff like that in brief glimpses before something on the fact that that mobster is now the Joker. Hey everybody, it's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop. RetroCo. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to retroco.com. That's retro-ko.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to RetroCo.com, you can also go to Facebook.com slash RetroCo with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European. Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. Uh, let's see. They, there were a few cut lines, too. Uh, there was a line that indicated that Arthur Reeves would have been dead if his secretary hadn't found him. So Joker was actually planning to flat out kill him. Okay. It was just a fluke that uh, they were able to find him in time. In case anybody was wondering how Reeves was still alive, yet Felestra was not. Uh, there was a cut scene where after Joker tries to kill Batman with the sort of drone thing, and he says the whole, like, operator, my lines were disconnected, we would have seen a scene with him in his headquarters being saying, quote, unquote, I just kill me sometimes when I'm not killing other people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then making, and then pressing a button to make that uh, sort of Hazel, the housewife robot, laugh. Uh, okay. Because he needs an Her audience. His name is Hazel. His name is Hazel, yeah. <laughs> uh, supposedly, Jack Napier was going to talk in the flashback when uh, Andrea finds the body of her dead father. 
he was going to say, uh, because you came back with groceries, he was going to say something along the lines of, I uh, hope you didn't buy him dinner too. Okay. But I can see why. I think it's better left where he just doesn't say anything. And the only lines that he has is as the Joker. Um, just along the lines of the Burton movie, Joker destroys the TV <laughs> at okay. one point before the Phantasm comes in. Uh, Phantasm, when she confronts Joker, actually does call him Jack Napier. Okay. Before she to kill him. But whatever for whatever reason, they decided to cut all references to Jack Napier in this. He's just a nameless gangster throughout the whole movie. Right. Uh, Batman. Also, the tall man. The tall man wasn't Jack Napier. The tall man was Jack Napier. Yeah, they just yeah. didn't refer to him as Jack Napier because I think in the script they were trying to replicate the feeling of the surprise of right. that twist right. until Bruce figured it out. In the original script, too, Batman saved Andrea from that huge turbine thing, that huge fan, uh, a different way. Because in the movie, he uses the bat cycle. He just throws mm-hmm. it in and, and yeah. it saves her. In the movie, he uses the grappling gun to uh, I sort of rope her away and then uses some sort of special rocket thruster battering to blow it up. Um, let's see. There's another cut line where Joker, when he's talking about how he's going to blow the whole place sky high, he says it's going to be the biggest blast since the Arkham Christmas party. Okay. May or may not be a reference to the uh, Christmas with the Joker rocket scene where he jumps on top of the tree and just randomly rockets him out of the asylum. But right. Maybe it was. There's the scene where Joker says, like, you know, you're a lunatic. If you don't let go, we'll both die. And he's like, whatever it takes. In the original script, when Joker says, we'll both die, Batman's original line was, then I'll see you in hell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know know if the the studio thought that was too much to say in an animated movie. That would mean, you know, Batman's okay with killing the Joker, even though it's a murder-suicide. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But I mean, we're dealing with a with a Batman that's in a very uh, weird emotional place in this. Yeah, film. so he's probably taking it out on Joker in that sense. But I, I think when push comes to shove, he's doing it to take Joker down. He's not doing it to kill him because he knows that Andrea wants to kill him. And so, like, what are you going to do? Kill Joker on Andrea's behalf? Like, it's not it's, right. it's not clear, but I can kind of see how it could track. Uh, there is a moment. That's in the script. It's very dark. That's not in the movie where Andrea takes Joker away and Batman's wounded and he tries to go after them. And it says, quote, if he can't save her, at least he can die with her. Oh, man. Okay. Which means that he's intending to die. Right. If it means getting to be with her type of thing. Right. Uh, originally the final lines of the movie were because in the movie, the party goer, that random party goer dude on the boat is like, uh, sorry, do, do you want to be alone? And she says, right. I am in the script. He says, I'm sorry. Have you lost someone? And she says, yes, uh, I kind of prefer the movie version. Uh, there is a you prefer good, it over the movie. Version. No, I prefer the movie version. Oh, gotcha, I do gotcha, prefer the movie gotcha, version. Gotcha. I, I like the idea. The general idea is just like he's he's asking something that can be reinterpreted for uh-huh, her right. context. Right. Um, I love the the prose of the end because at the end the it's just Batman looking over the city and then the signal comes up and everything. But it says the city is all he has left. It's all he's ever had. And this is, in my opinion, an even better way of describing him than you know at the end of the Dark Knight where they're just like he's a you know a watchful protector at Dark Knight and mm-hmm. things like that. It's it says, quote the eternal guardian without love or pity. Yeah, it's good. And I'm like, damn. It's That's all my he, favorite. Yeah. All he has left. It, yeah, that definitely they did a good visual interpretation of that near the end. Yeah, yeah. Like it's this still lo- debate, lone yeah. warrior, like Batman's so alone. 
in his, yes. in his crusade, you know? <laughs> and you always feel for Alfred, too, man. It's like... Yeah, it's, it's, <sighs> it is one of the best Alfred scenes, too, where he... Bruce is like, I couldn't save her, Alfred. And Alfred's like, I don't think she wanted to be saved. And yeah, he yeah, sort yeah. of tries to talk him out of blaming himself out of what was going on. And and that's the thing. That's the that's the connection between this and Batman Returns. Then both cases, Batman does lose somebody who turns out to be alive. But in either yeah. case, he loses a, someone to vengeance, to, to taking a path that he is, well, at least in Phantasm case, has refused to take himself. Uh, and everything and he can blame himself all he wants and he hurts along but in the end it was her choice and her decision and her reasons to go down that path and that's what's always going to keep them separated even more so than before is the fact that she made that choice and he will always be the guy who refuses to make that choice that's why this is an anti-love story really between the two of them <laughs> so they can never this, be together yeah this with batman returns the batman not getting the girl <laughs> this is like a double whammy for you huh yes because it was it was it solidifies that idea yeah it solidifies yeah, yeah, the yeah. idea that he is the lone wolf that he will always be alone but i think that's not always the case in all the other movies but yeah. for whatever reason 1992 and 1993 that seemed to be the idea for everybody writing a Batman movie. Right. So it's it is something to this is the this is the ultimate movie to watch if you're a Batman fan who's broken up with someone. Right <laughs> <laughs> to break up, this is the best movie to watch. I feel like that. I was I mean, I'm older than you, but I feel like I was too young to be caring about girls in when I was in second and well, third grade. Remember, I didn't watch I, I when I first watched this, it was as a kid who didn't know anything like I, it, I i didn't remember anything that had make an impact it was later on oh, I that i rewatched it when you, i was I older I just like with batman returns i rewatched it when i was older i rewatched these movies as a teenager or so uh then or so it when really I was hits home then it hits home more <laughs> so some things though yeah like some things you watch early on and you don't get it, and later on you rewatch it and you're just like okay this is this is there's a reason why this is popular there's a reason why this works this hits on everything so that's why it's my top one I don't know if it's really worth doing a ranking with the previous Burton ones because I know we were saying we we're going to do that, but this is an animated one, and we know this is going to sweep everything in every category, right? On right. This in terms of right, in terms of movie, in terms of version of Batman, even version of Joker. Like to me, like the more Hamill Joker is still the quintessential <laughs> Joker, at least with in, not just animation, but also like li even live action. Like my, I said, you know, my favorite live action Joker is still Cameron Monaghan in Gotham. But like if still up against the Mark Hamill Joker, there's perfection in the Mark Hamill Joker. It's tough to compete against it because you got, uh, you know, the comics that are written on paper and mm -hmm. drawn. And then you take that and you you just make those pictures move. It's still, you know, you're going from. Uh, still drawing to an animated drawing. It's such mm -hmm. a such a close medium. Yeah, right. But I, it's it's the when you transfer it into live action, it's it's a lot. It's not you know it's just not as close. So it's right. It, yeah, it, it loses a lot in that, and when it makes that transition. So right. So I don't think it's quite fair for you to yeah. it with it. But it is one of my favorites, and I do think that the only two animated movies in my book that sort of match it in terms of Batman cartoon movies are Under the Red Hood yeah. and Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two. Those would be my top three if I were to rank the animated movies. I would do Red Hood over. Dark Knight Returns. I mean, I would too. For me, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I would too. My, my, I'd probably be Phantasm Under the Red Hood and then Dark Knight Returns in that order. Yeah, yeah. I, I think know. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the, I mean, there are three very different takes on it, all very dark, uh, but all convey different sides of the character in, in very compelling ways, I think. I have a question about Phantasm real quick. Sure. So Joker figures out that she's who she is before Bruce Wayne does? Just because he's got the blinders on because he's in love with her? Uh, yes, he does. Because he killed Carl Beaumont. I remember, oh, he was the yeah. hitman who killed Carl. Right, so he right, knows right, that right. it's not the dad. Okay. Because he killed the guy himself. So the only person left oh, to take revenge I, I is gotcha. the girl. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Know? Sorry, I just, I'm still unpacking this. I got gotcha. you. It's okay. Because yeah. when you first asked that question, part of me I was just like, fuck, maybe he was right. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, it's just that seeing Joker figure some shit out before Batman, it's just like, it's going to always stick out in your mind. Right. But it's excusable because Joker had information that Batman couldn't have known. Because Batman's not going to kill some motherfucker. Batman yeah. doesn't know that Joker yeah. killed uh, Carl Beaumont. Right. He's right, right. operating on the idea that Carl Bowman's still been alive until he goes to Andrea's place and Joker makes that call being like, hey, you can't jump out the window this time, toots. And then Batman's right. like, okay, well, wait a minute. Joker knows that Joker thinks that Andrea is the phantasm. And then that probably gets him spiraling into thinking of what really happened. Right. And then by right. the time he confronts her at the fair, he's already figured it out. Right. Uh, I think a bigger question is how did he know she was at the fair? Right. The only thing I can think of is he makes that indication about the the car from the future or the plane from the future is coming towards her, and maybe that was like a subtle clue that he right. was giving uh, over the phone and everything like that. But other than that, it's it's not really a lot to go off of, unless he, Batman's always known that Joker's hanging out there. I have to see it again. I feel like <laughs> this is like you own the movie. There's so many layers. <laughs> Yes, I know. I don't know why I waited so long. I always well, I mean, feel I'm, I'm glad lately you did. I feel buried in content, you know? Yeah, so I know. Content. No, I mean, I'm glad you did for the sake of this because yeah. it's it, it's refreshing because otherwise it would just be you and me just shooting the shit about memories of this movie about right. the same stuff. Like, it's, right. it's good that this is less fresh in your mind or not even fresh at all in your mind uh, before we go watch rewatch it right. because you have different reactions than I do on stuff. Right, 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 right. So for me you know watching this i can i know what's coming in certain spots or i know what certain things mean or certain connections and everything like that and can point them out and everything like that and it's always cool to see someone who, who is experiencing that for the first time or the first time in a long time have you shown this movie to anybody else that hadn't seen it before oh uh, yeah i've seen, I've, shown, I've introduced this to a lot of people there's just not a lot of people who were already familiar with a lot of batman mythos stuff right so like they like they like the batman movies but they didn't necessarily know uh or have to talk to me that much about other aspects of the character or the right. comics or uh things like that they've just, just like, oh it's another cool batman movie okay cool and they watch it with me and they're like yeah it's pretty good was there? Oh, they say it's pretty good. Was that the yeah. general reaction? Yeah, I mean, like, they all they all really like it. Okay. Um, I don't know if they necessarily think it's the best one. Okay. But you know, I don't know if they are as big of enthusiasts in in as we are right. in this type of stuff or appreciating right. the Batman detective scenes. Right. Because of them, it's just like, okay, he's figuring out the the crime. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You <laughs> like, know, this is a detective, man. <laughs> this is, detective this, Comics this is a movie where you can do the detective stuff. Detective Comics 27, motherfucker. <laughs> or, yeah, there's the significance to him, like, looking at the graves, the Waynes, or the portrait, or whatever, or saying, like, I didn't count on being happy. Like, all those things, they hit you more when you already know a lot of the mythology. Yeah. Or you know how his life is like. And they don't really do that if you're watching, if this is, like, one of the first two two or three Batman movies you ever watched. 
and right. you aren't super familiar with it. Right. So I can see how it's it doesn't quite stick with the sort of non-comic follower mm-hmm. uh, in comparison. But yeah, you should show it to somebody and see what they think as well. Yeah, I need to show it to Yuka, I think, next. Yeah. But um, I mean, she's not quite... She likes the movies, mm-hmm. uh, but she never read a Batman comic. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting to show it to people that, that aren't American either at the same time, you know, didn't grow up here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've said before on the podcast, I showed it to <laughs> Japanese people before the, the Nolan trilogy, right. and they're always like surprised by how serious it is. Well, oh yeah, and the fact that he uh, he's not abstinent. Yeah, yeah, they said, oh, I thought he was going to be stoic. <laughs> Meaning not not fuck. Wait till they watch this one. Yeah, Batman fucks an animation. Yeah, it's like yeah, man. He, Batman fucks. This is a good shout out to to the cast, the voice cast on this because yeah. this is Dana Delaney before she was Lois Lane, right? In the Superman Adventures, kind of weird to have. She's, uh, she's Beaumont. She's Andrea Beaumont. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we got Hart Bachner as Arthur Reeves, and if anybody remembers, he played. Ellis in Die Hard. Okay. He's the dude who sell, sells everyone out and everything, and he's got the same exact personality in this one. Speaking of shit I hadn't seen yeah. ever, I saw I just saw Die Hard for the first time like three, three years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you've never seen <laughs> no, Die Hard no. and you have no idea. No, what but I didn't about. grow up with that shit. I didn't really either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it later as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just didn't. I, I saw Ace Ventura a thousand fucking times. <laughs> Never saw that movie. We should recently. look up whether or not Ape Vigoda is the guy in Ace Ventura because he's in this as oh yeah, Celestra. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was um a surprise. I knew I could. <laughs> I was kind of placing his voice, but I didn't know until the credits really. But yeah, mm-hmm. having Ape Vigoda in there was was really cool. I felt like we were speculating on how it would be like in the recording booth when he showed up, and they're just like, <laughs> "Hey, are you ready to record for Batman: Mask of the Phantasm?" And he's like, "Batman: Mask of the What now? <laughs> <laughs> Your character smokes a lot." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm talking to the Joker. <laughs> Cesar Romero. <laughs> Am I like some sort of a smoking Joker kind of a guy? <laughs> where's Adam? Adam West. <laughs> yeah, where's Adam West? <laughs> Who's this Kevin? Yeah. Fuck this Kevin. <laughs> he never does have a scene it's with not Batman. Not my though. Batman. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no. I mean, it is. I'm glad I got to rewatch it. It is a. It's one of the more emotional Batman movies. It's yeah, it's it one is, where it you can is, easily yeah. show it to somebody and have them not be kind of because I feel like if I show the Burton movies, they're going to be weirded out by Batman Returns. They might be kind of underwhelmed by '89 in comparison to the Nolan stuff. Yeah, you know. But if I show them this, they're going to be like, "Okay, this is the good shit. This is the cartoon right. and everything. Like this nice story and everything." I didn't know this whole phantasm thing. You get to fucking know who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah, exactly. Who, who is this guy? Like, remember when I talked about Batman '89? I don't know who Bruce Wayne is. Like, <laughs> yeah, they you, they definitely dive into that here. You know, you you know who the fuck he is in this movie. Yeah, you know. So that was great. I wanted to talk about real quick the, sure. the world of tomorrow. Yeah. So you've probably thought this before, but. Am I often saying that that's kind of like a um, almost like metaphorical for his relationship in a sense? It's like mm-hmm. this sort of like bright future, and then I guess through you know the sands of time or whatever, or you know, it, it's like this bright future was destroyed. And I yeah. guess Batman's future wasn't destroyed, but it's, the bright part of it was the, the, the future only thing he was that, gonna have with her. The, yeah, right. Do you think that rotted. there's something going on there? 
I think you're absolutely right. No, I've thought I've definitely thought about that because it's 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 representative of the time when they were at the highest peak of that relationship. Right. Yeah. Like that was when he was happy was when he was walking around with her and everything. And he was telling Alfred, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this isn't the plan. Like, I'm falling right. in love. What the right. fuck's going on? <laughs> right. uh, and everything. now it's just rotted. And the, the, the tea of Gotham is not there anymore. And it's like, it's everything. The Joker's fucking living there. And like, it's the final. It's the it's, right. It's right. It's where they're at their happiest. And it's where they're at their lowest at the end when they know each other's identities. And he's trying to stop her. And she's like, you can't stop me. Right. And says goodbye to him and everything. And, and, Unfortunately, it's like their own principles get in the way of them ever settling this at this point. Batman yeah, refuses right. to kill and she refuses not to kill or not to go on, on that vengeful spree. And that's whatever what's forever going to separate them uh, from then on, even if they reunite in some other sequel, like movie sequel of this or some other continuation of this. That's what always is going to separate them. There's I mean, to me, that really struck a chord with me. It was just mm-hmm. like we we had plans yeah you know i things were going to be bright but it was i was turning around in my life but mm-hmm. well yeah know. she says she's she's not just getting revenge on them for her dad she's saying like look what they did to us look what we yeah, could it's have it's a personal vendetta yeah yeah so it's, she's not just getting revenge on the death of dad it's the death of that relationship she had with him mm-hmm. and everything do you feel like batman was assuming that if she didn't kill they, that they have a chance with each other yeah, well, I mean, he he was considering being with her when he just thought that it was her dad going around killing all mm-hmm. those guys and everything. But I think once with his ending, it kind of solidifies with it the whole like I couldn't save her. Yeah, is he talking about just saving her life, or is he talking about saving her soul, or is he talking about both? Right, right, right. You know, Man. that's why he says, you know, you didn't. Want, I don't think she wanted to be saved. She didn't care anymore. She says, "This is the last shred I have left." It's just like it's fucking insane. You have these two fucking live action movies that are nowhere near as fucking deep as the fucking this cartoon that comes out you know i, I do think andrea may be i'll just say it i mean she might probably be my favorite of the sort of would-be girlfriends that bruce has had simply because oh, of how many because she means the most she means the most to him but also like look at the parallel like she's gone on the same path as him she just yeah. took one different choice and that's it right 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 she still lost her parents she still went on some sort of. She's obviously had some sort of training in right, order to right, right, like right. be able to survive and everything like that. She comes from somewhat of a. She's not as rich as Bruce Wayne, but she's definitely like somewhat rich. Oh, yeah. Everything she's for, in the same everything. circles, right? Yeah. You know, it's she has the same determination. She has so much of the same stuff, and you just want them to just hang up the capes and everything and just be together. But that, right. you know, that's not going to happen. Honestly, I would love a year one. Maybe this is her is her year one, but like, what did she do to train? You know, I, I, or an origin story in comic book form at least mm-hmm. of you know Beaumont's story. I think that there's After a the lot of folk, dad, yeah. have Gail Simone write it or something. You know, yeah, like it would be incredible. I think yeah, there's a lot to lot to do there. You know, I'm so su- again, I'm surprised that like maybe someday they're going to do it. I just hope they don't fuck it up because they need somebody who like really loves this shit with some chops to to do it in live action. Yeah, I would right, love to see it in right. live action, but it has to be done well. I can't. I'm. I don't want if they bastardize that. Like, you know that the fans are going to think that's worse than fucking anything that Snyder did. <laughs> like right. it's it's going right. to be hell to pay if they do that.
but I'd love to see a, a take on it. It's just one of those things that, as I said, it's just I think people are afraid to touch it because it's like it's it's almost too precious, sacred it's ground at this fans. point. Yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah, yeah. they don't yeah. want to fuck with it. Holy shit, man! Yeah. Well, I'm glad you finally got to see this. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was for this. Yeah, <laughs> so now yeah. no. But uh, any closing thoughts? Oh man, um, I mean nothing new that I haven't said already. It's I mean it's really it's really up there, if not the best. I have to really think about it for a bit before I really uh, make it my number one. But um, just the yeah it's it's a batman and bruce wayne story what it takes for what it takes to be a hero what it takes to do what you want to do in your life mm -hmm. um what kind of things get in the way uh things like that and like and like you said like that line where 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 bruce wayne's like this wasn't in my plan that mm -hmm. whole thing about batman can win if he can plan anything yeah batman's all about planning shit he just never planned for emotion he didn't yeah he didn't, he didn't plan for love he didn't plan for this yeah this wasn't part of the deal he he didn't think he'd have much of a human, you know, connection after his parents. He didn't care about that. He didn't, mm -hmm. Let alone, he didn't care to even fucking have a friend. Let yeah. alone fall in fucking love. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this whole, it's great. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah, there is more. The more I like unpack it as I talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's incredible. So much, really, yeah, it really is. So. Uh, in terms of my closing, I mean, I, I think I'm on record. This is this is my favorite. The absolute. It is. There's a reason why the the finale. It's called uh, in the soundtrack, the final track in the score. When he's looking up at the batting and everything, it's called Batman's Destiny. Uh, he's destined to always have the city. He's destined to always have the work. He's destined to be alone. And that's what the movie's about. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Batman is sad. Everybody knows that. Sad Batman. Batman's a sad motherfucker, man. Batman fucks, but he doesn't love. <laughs> he fucks, but he's not gonna fall in love with anybody. Not after Beaumont. <laughs> no. Not after Beaumont. That's no. it. that was the yeah, that was a that was a wrap on that one. So, uh, in contrast to that, we will then see a very different take of Batman in the next time that we do a retrospective, which is Batman Forever, where she's gonna try to get with Nicole Kidman <laughs> before she became Aquaman's mom. Yeah, uh, Chase Meridian. <laughs> yes, Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian, man. She had posters <laughs> she's and everything. The next, <laughs> she's the next Batman love interest, and she is downgrade from Andrea Beaumont, but oh well. And you are fucking wrong if you think I'm not going to put that Seal song in there. <laughs> yes, please do. Harry, <laughs> <laughs> we're all jamming that shit. Oh, man. The all scene, right. just to go back real quick, that scene, <laughs> the scene we're fucking... Um, <laughs> He puts on the cowl for the first time, yes. and uh, the the horror. It's kind of like horror on Alfred's face, right? Yes, pretty much. It's mm -hmm. it's kind of like do you do you feel like under the surface, or maybe not so much under the surface? Alfred, he's horrified at the look, but it's also like he sees the transformation is complete, he sees and he's what not going back. This is it. Mm -hmm. He's fucking Batman for life now. There is a, an element of Alfred who feels like Batman represents his failure as a parent to Bruce. That if I God, helped, it's fucking wonderful writing, yeah, though, you know, if I was there enough for you, if I was able to fill in that hole in your heart that your parents left for you, you wouldn't have done this and you would have gotten married with somebody and you would have had an ordinary life and you wouldn't be out there trying to kill yourself all the time. That's. The horror that's on Alfred's face, I think, more so than the actual look of the costume and everything. I think it's the the look of what has he become. 
It's beautiful, man. Yeah. I mean, it's sad for Alfred, but as for writing, as for storytelling, mm -hmm. as for, you know, gravitas, it's yeah. in the storytelling, it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's it, I guess. <laughs> we're just gonna keep, we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep praising this movie. Keep praising <laughs> if we keep talking. About it's it. incredible. <laughs> All right, everybody, check us out on uh, Patreon.com/slash Superhouse Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash Superhouse Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you, Shasta. I'm sorry I haven't brought you up in the past few episodes. Um, we will try to rem remedy that. Um, yes, uh, she is our top contributor to our Patreon, nice. and. Uh, I am Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Ben is Ben Juan Writer. Yep, on Instagram. On Instagram only. And <laughs> Fuck that's Twitter. it. There might be a day sometime in the future <laughs> in which Maddie and Stefan and Joey come <laughs> back to this fucking podcast. When that is, I have no idea. But that's. <laughs> Until then, we'll just keep watching Batman movies. <laughs> <laughs> Until then. But no, this is fucking great. They'll join us for this shit. They'll join us for this shit, is what I'm saying. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Get ready to join us for Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's when they'll come back. <laughs> exactly what Put they want. Put your jobs to talk about this shit, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, this is Andrew signing off. It's Ben signing off. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.